The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Hi guys, and welcome to the debut show of Tables, Others and Chairs here on the Hitting the Mark Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. I am your host, Joe Atherton, but everyone calls me Others. Uh, I'm the new guy here on the Hitting the Mark Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Uh, I'm flying solo, bit of a lone wolf, if you will. Uh, The Baron Corbin of the Hitting the Mark Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Uh, except with hair and charisma. (laughs) Uh, You may detect a slight accent on me. I am, in fact, British. Uh, Don't let that put you off me. Um, I'm from a small seaside town in the northwest of England called Blackpool. Uh, For those of you in the States, Canada, or wherever you're listening to in uh, North America... Blackpool is a cross between Coney Island and Atlantic City, uh, minus any glamour whatsoever. Um, it's a bit of a dump, but hey, it's my dump. Uh, I was born there, and it's made me the man I am today. As far as wrestling goes, Blackpool famous for a couple of things. The uh, inaugural WWE UK Championship which was held in the uh, Empress Ballroom at the Winter Gardens. Uh, Also, NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool, held in the very same building. Uh, I was very lucky enough to be at both events. And, of course, as far as wrestling goes, probably the most famous thing that Blackpool is known for, uh, Big Billy himself, William Regal, who uh, cut his teeth on the uh, fairgrounds of Blackpool. The mean streets... Of Blackpool, England, and uh, that's a shoot. The uh, Blackpool is uh, it's as rough as a badger's ass. If you need to know what Blackpool lo- looks like, get an idea of the uh, the vibe. I suggest going onto YouTube, typing in nine nine nine. What's your emergency, Blackpool? And uh, yeah, you'll you'll get a good idea of of what the town's all about. Anyway, enough about Blackpool. We're not here to talk about Blackpool. We're here to talk about wrestling. Um, let me give you a little bit of an introduction into my, you know, fandom of wrestling. Uh, I've been a fan of wrestling since around about 1990. One of my earliest memories, probably the debut of the Undertaker at Survivor Series 1990. Uh, I remember I was about seven years old and when he made his way to the ring, I think he was with Brother Love at the time on the Million Dollar Man's team. And yeah, it, the the guy was genuinely creepy. He he scared the shit out of seven-year-old me. I'd tell you that for nothing. Um, I've kind of been a smarky dick since day one. My favourite wrestlers back in the day when watching the WWF they were mostly the bad guys. I, I don't know why. I just found them really charismatic and, and a lot more interesting than the good guys. Uh, people like Mr. Perfect, uh, ravishing Rick Rude, the way he'd always enraged the home crowd by calling them a bunch of sweat hogs. Uh, Ric Flair, 
when he came over with the big gold belt from WCW, uh, Razor Ramon, people like that. People like that I kind of gravitated to as a kid. But uh, it wasn't all bad guys that I liked. Uh, I was a big fan of Bret Hart back in the day. Uh, for Legion of Doom, absolutely fantastic tag team, one of the all-time greats. Big fan of the Rockers as well, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty doing some uh, pretty inventive stuff ahead of its time for the 1990s. Uh, Randy Savage, who's going to love the macho man. Ultimate Warrior. Uh, it wasn't just the wrestlers either. Uh, the commentary team hooked me in back in the day. I was a huge fan of Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Eden. Their interactions, the way they gelled so well together and the way that Bobby the Brain Eden would come out with his little quips and then you'd get Gorilla, would you stop? Oh, just fantastic stuff. Um, I used to watch the pay-per-views back in the day at my grandparents' house. WWF television over here in the UK is on a network called Sky Television, which is very expensive if you are a poor bastard like myself. Um, Fortunately for me, as a kid, my grandparents were fairly well off and could afford Sky. So whenever there was a pay-per-view, I used to go over to their house stay for the evening i'd go to bed really really early around about six or seven o'clock because you got to remember over here the pay-per-view start during your time so if it's on at five six seven in the states it's on at midnight over in the uk so as a seven-year-old kid I'd, I'd go to bed dead early and my nan or granddad they'd wake me up at five to midnight come down the stairs all blurry-eyed and watch either in your house or a Wrestlemania, a Survivor Series, SummerSlam, whatever it was, I'd be there, and I absolutely loved it as a kid. And, you know, secretly, I think my grandpa and my nan enjoyed it as well. Uh, my grandma, she was a huge Razor Ramon mark. Uh, my grandpa, he loved The Undertaker, but later on, uh, as we carried on watching up until my teens, he, Stone Cold was his guy. He loved Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, I think mainly because he hated his boss at work and wanted to batter him. <laughs> um, anyway, as much as I like WWE, uh, this show will mainly focus on European independent wrestling, specifically the UK scene. Um, I got into the UK scene as a complete accident, truth be told. Um, AJ Styles was making his last few independent appearances before debuting at the 2016 Royal Rumble. Um, he had a match with Rey Mysterio for, I think it was Five Star Wrestling in Sheffield, which is a pretty short train ride from where I live. Uh, I went purely to watch that match. I wanted to see AJ versus Rey Mysterio. Uh, one big WWE name of the past and one big WWE name from the future. Um, but I'll be honest, that wasn't the best match on the card. I was absolutely blown away by Will Ospreay versus Marty Skrull versus Jimmy Havoc. I'd never heard of either of these guys before going into this night, and these guys were incredible. I mean, all of you guys know what Will Ospreay's all about. He was doing all the flips, all his dot-dot-dive stuff. I was just watching him with my jaw on the floor. Absolutely tremendous. Uh, Jimmy Havoc bringing in that hardcore element with it being a triple threat match. Obviously no rules. 
And uh, Marty Skrull just being his usual dastardly self, cheating and the the super kicks, the chicken wings, the the finger snaps. I was absolutely captivated by all three guys. And and the second I got home, I went onto YouTube. I typed in all three guys' names. And uh, it brought me up to a video that said Progress Wrestling's Top 10 Matches 2015. And that, that video was wild. I was like, there's wrestling like this in England on my doorstep. It's not just in America on WWE. This is incredible. I've got to go to it. So <clears throat> that was in December. And by February, I'd gone to my first event, which was... Um, Progress Wrestling, I believe it was chapter 26, uh, and that was in February in Manchester, and I'll be honest, I've I've had the bug ever since. I've been going to wrestling non-stop for the past three years. I'm actually recording this podcast in a hotel in Wolverhampton. Uh, I'm going to Fight Club Pro tonight, as this is recording. Um, the UK may be a small country, but it's got such an array of... Of, of promotions up and down the length of the country uh, Absolute abundance of, of promotions I mean, you've got Progress Wrestling down in London They also do shows in Manchester They've started to branch out Do places like Sheffield and Birmingham I think they recently did a show in Bournemouth uh, Southside Wrestling They predominantly do their shows in Stevenage Rev Pro based in London, uh, Fight Club Pro as I mentioned in Wolverhampton, ICW up in Scotland, you've got Attack who are based in Wales but also do shows in Bristol and Cheltenham, Riptide down in Brighton, North up in Newcastle, Tidal Wrestling up in Leeds, TNT in Liverpool, IPW UK they're based in London, um, Defiant, Defiant Wrestling are based in Newcastle. You guys can watch them on YouTube. Their shows are free on YouTube. Uh, Breed Pro Wrestling, another company that's just started up in Sheffield. Wrestlegate Pro, another company. I think their second show is tomorrow. They're based in uh, Nottingham. Wrestling Resurgence, they're based in the East Midlands. We are literally spoilt for choice in terms of promotions. And we're spoilt for choice in terms of talent. Uh, this may be a biased opinion, but I truly believe we the UK has the best independent talent in the world right now. Guys like Will Ospreay, Marty Skrull, uh, Mark Haskins, who's recently signed for Ring of Honor, Jimmy Havoc, recently gone to AEW. Uh, you look at the quality of NXT UK guys that have been signed from the indies. You got Pete Dunne, Tyler Bate, Trent Seven. Zach Gibson, James Drake, Jordan Devlin. Okay, Jordan Devlin may not be strictly British. He's Irish. But still, he plies the majority of his trade in the UK. I'm going to say it. I think the UK scene is lit. I think it's the best scene in the world. I'm biased. But hey, this is why I'm here. I'm here to bring you all the news, all the latest shows on the UK scene. Kind of educate you entertain you edutainment is that a word yeah whatever it is now um but ironically today's show isn't going to be about a british show it's going to be about a show that i went to and we will get to that after this musical break
Welcome back to Tables, Adders and Chairs. Uh, I'm going to talk to you guys all about my last wrestling trip that I took last weekend to Oberhausen, Germany, where I took in WXW's 16 Karat Gold Tournament. For those of you that don't know, WXW, they're probably the biggest promotion in Europe. Uh, especially in terms of production values, their staging and lighting, probably better than Ring of Honor or TNA. For those of you that don't know what 16 karat gold is, it's basically the European equivalent of bowler. It is a 16-man tournament taking place over three days. The interesting thing about this tournament is you've got guys from loads of different companies, so you end up getting a load of matches that you probably won't see anywhere else. Uh, I will read you the card from day one. Day one was the first round of the tournament, and it went a little bit like this. Axel Dieter Jr., who is better known to most of you as Marcel Barthel from NXT and NXT UK, he was taking on WXW shotgun champion Marius Alani. Uh, Ray Horace, uh, known from Lucha Underground, he was taking on Phoenix, who is obviously a big part of Impact Wrestling these days. Uh, DDT Pro Wrestling in Japan's Shigehiro Irie was taking on Chris Brooks, a well-known UK independent wrestler. WXW's lucky kid taking on former Evolve champion Timothy Thatcher. Um, an all WXW affair here as massive Yearn Simmons took on Avalanche. A uh, big horse battle, that one. Uh, Pentagon Jr., who's probably wrestled for every company in North America, uh, taking on Mark Davis. He is an Australian who uh, predominantly works in the UK, although just made uh, an appearance at the last PWG show with his tag team partner, Carl Fletcher. Uh, Big Japan Pro Wrestling's Daisuke Sekimoto took on Ilya Dragunov, who is NXT UK's latest signee. And uh, lastly, Walter, former W... Uh, sorry, former PWG champion... Current OTT champion, current Progress champion, and the guy who looks to be next in line to take NXT UK's championship from Pete Dunn was taking on David Starr. Uh, I will quickly read through the results for you. Um, Axel Dieter Jr., who got an excellent home crowd return, uh, he went over Marius Alani. Uh, Ray Horace and Phoenix probably had the best match of day one. Um, it was full of flippy lucha things. It was fantastic. I'm a big fan of the dot dot dive wrestling. Um, and this was just absolute pure joy. Uh, Shigehiro Irie defeated Chris Brooks. Uh, Chris Brooks playing the cowardly guy. If you've never seen uh, Shigehiro Irie, uh, my best way to describe him is a murderous teddy bear. He's a lovely sweetheart of a man. But if you annoy him, he will absolutely eviscerate you. Um, Lucky Kid versus Timothy Thatcher. 
Timothy Thatcher going into the tournament, a lot of people's favourites, including myself. Well, that's my bet out the window. Lucky kid, throwing out the surprise of round one, defeating Timothy Thatcher and making his way to the quarterfinals. Jern Simmons versus Avalanche was a Falls Count Anywhere match. Um, I'll be honest, this was the only match that I didn't enjoy because for most of it, they were fighting in the back and you had to watch it on the big screen. Sorry, if you go to professional wrestling, you want to see the action live, not watch it on a screen. Um, Avalanche going through after a splash off the balcony. Pentagon Jr. versus Mark Davis. Sierra Mero triumphing over a very game dunksill at Mark Davis in this one. Uh, Daisuke Sakamoto versus Ilya Dragunov. This was a hell of a match. Uh, two guys known for their strong style wrestling. Ilya Dragunov going through after a war. Um, Walter versus David Starr. Now, for those of you that aren't too clued up over uh, indie wrestling, Walter and David Starr have a history. That history being, no matter what David Starr does, he can't beat Walter. He must have had about 25, 26 matches with him in different promotions all over Europe, and he's never been able to beat him. Um, I've been to a few of their matches, uh, some at Fight Club Pro, some at uh, Defiant Wrestling up in Newcastle. Uh, they had a great match in progress in Manchester a few months back. Um, yeah, the, the, the story here is David Starr absolutely obsessed with beating Walter. Um, he won a match at the Road to 16 Carat where he got to pick his first round opponent. And uh, his obsession being that strong, he decided to beat Walter. He decided, if I'm going to win 16 Carat, I've got to beat the one guy that I can't beat. These guys delivered an absolutely fantastic match. Uh, David Starr jumped Walter before his actual ring announcement. Uh, they had a really good back-and-forth match, your usual Walter match, uh, David Starr fighting from behind, uh, from beneath most of the match. Um, but David Starr actually managed to lock in a sleeper hold, and Walter tapped out. Unfortunately, he had his foot under the bottom rope and went on to win the match. It really did suck the air out of the room. But that was a fantastic end to a fantastic first night of wrestling. Really breathtaking stuff. And we had another two days to go. Day two of 16 Karat Gold. Uh, for me, probably the best day of the actual um, tournament as a whole. As well as the quarterfinals of the tournament, you also had various different matches. Uh, the opening match was a women's tag team match between Killer Kelly and you. Uh, they defeated the team of Tony Storm and uh, Wizena. Um, this was a match that was building to the tension of Night Three's match, where the WXW Women's Title would be on the line. Defending champion Tony Storm, who's actually works as a heel here in a WXW, putting the title on the line against Killer Kelly. So, a nice little bit of one-upsmanship there for Kelly. The first quarter final taking place on day two at. Uh, 16 karat gold saw Ilya Dragunov taking on Pentagon Junior where else would you see this match 
absolutely unbelievable stuff. A WWE NXT UK signed competitor taking on a guy from Impact in a tournament in Germany, and it was absolutely brilliant. I love this match. It was hard hitting. Both guys went hell for leather. And uh, in the end, it was Ilya Dragunov who saw off Pentagon Jr. with the uh, Torpedo Moscow, which is a running, flying, spinning headbutt. Uh, the next match was another 16-carat quarterfinal, which saw another battle of the big men as Avalanche defeated Shigehiro Irie. Uh, it was your standard big man stuff. Uh, lots of power spots. It was a good match. Nothing mind-blowing, but enjoyable on this game. Um, next, there was a four-way match between uh, Julian Pace, whose gimmick is he's very, very fast. Um, whenever he bounces off the ropes, he kind of turns his opponent and as he turns his opponent and flummoxes them, the crowd make the sound of a motor car going past. Um, weird when I describe it, but pretty cool if you're there in the audience when it happens. Uh, he took on Chris Brooks, Daisuke Sekimoto, and Ray Horace. It was basically a four-way spot fest, kind of a way to break up the tournament. It was fun, lots of fun spots in it. And uh, Julian Pace, well, his pace won the day, really, and uh, he won the match. Uh, next, probably for me, was the match of day two, uh, which saw Walter taking on Fenix, a real clash of styles. Walter, obviously, with all the power and the strength. Ray Horace with his speed and his lucha skills. Uh, it was a great match, and Walter was really playing number one bastard in this match. At one point, he tore and ripped at Ray Horace's mask uh, to the point where it actually it, it was broke, it came off. But luckily, there was a fan at ringside that uh, actually bought one of his masks, threw it into the ring to let him carry on the match so he didn't get uh, unmasked, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, as good as Ray Horace was, he was no match for Walter's strength, who eventually wore the uh, Mexican star down and proceeded through to the quarterfinals. Um, the semifinals, rather, sorry. Uh, the next quarterfinal saw Lucky Kid taking on Axel Dieter Jr. Uh, Timothy Thatcher, a member of Ring Camp, so was Axel Dieter Jr. And hey, Lucky Kid only went and done it again. He beat another member of Ring Camp, making his way through to the semi-finals. Another shock victory. And the, uh, the the groundswell of support was starting to really build for Lucky Kid at this point. After uh, beating fan favourite Timothy Thatcher, a lot of the fans wore to him at the Turban Haller. And they were, they were all fully behind Lucky Kid to go as far as he could in this tournament. Uh, next up was the WXW World Tag Team Title Tornado Freeway match between the champions JFK, Rise, and Aussie Open. Uh, Aussie Open picking up the shot win via interference from Chris Brooks. Uh, back in England, Aussie Open and Chris Brooks 
are on a team called Schadenfreude. And at the end of the match, it seems that Schadenfreude have invaded WXW. Uh, the Schadenfreude flag came out at the end, much to the bemusement of all the German fans, but to the absolute joy of the British fans that are travelling mass numbers from the UK. Uh, Schadenfreude, they're a heel faction, but they're, they're all very popular guys. You've got Chris Brooks, you've got... Um, Aussie Open, uh, Lucky Kid's actually a member of Schadenfreude, so's Timothy Thatcher, uh, Jonathan Gresham from Ring of Honor, he's also a member, uh, they're a very popular group over here in the UK, and it looks like they're branching out into uh, other organisations and other companies in WXW. Uh, next, another really cool moment for the uh, German crowd, a WXW Shotgun Open Challenge between the champion Marius Alani, who challenged anybody in the back. The lights went out, Sanity's music hit, and Alexandra Wolf came out to an absolute monster pop. Uh, he was known as Axel Teacher in uh, WXW. He was a member of Ring Camp as well. Um, very, very popular guy in WXW, and that's been probably one of the loudest pops I've ever been involved in. They had a great match, obviously, with Axel uh, Teacher slash Alexandra Wolf being part of the WWE main roster. Well, apparently, nobody's seen him for months. Um, regardless, he was never going to win the match. It was a good match, which uh, Marius L. Arnie won. Via heelish, nefarious ways. Um, That put us into the last match of the evening. The WXW Unified World Wrestling title match between defending champion and absolute bastard, Absolute Andy, taking on the King of Smoke style, Guns. Bobby Guns. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Bobby Guns comes out to the music that we had during the uh, musical interlude before the second part of the show. Uh, Daft Punk, Robot Rock, and no word of a lie, there must have been 1,400 in the Turban Holler, and everybody was singing Guns, Bobby Guns, to that theme, all the way through the match. 25 minutes, non-stop chanting. Um, if you're a fan of chants, it was fantastic. If you're not, probably not the environment for you to be in. But uh, the crowd were fully behind Bobby Guns. Um, and he did it. He beat Absolute Andy to become the new WXW Unified World Wrestling Champion. And the roof was lifted off the Turban Hollow when he won. Absolute scenes, people jumping up and down, strangers hugging each other, children being thrown in the air. Absolute brilliant scenes. Um, and Bobby Guns deserves it. Bobby Guns has been with the company a long time. He's earned this right to be champion. And it was a very fitting way to end night two of WXW 16 Carat Gold. Stick around with me after this musical break. We will go into the third and final night.
Hey guys, welcome back to Tables, Others and Chairs. Uh, if you're still listening at this point, well done. Uh, thanks very much. Uh, I'm new to this game. Obviously, things aren't going to be 100% smooth, but uh, we're learning on the job here. Anyway, WXW 16 Carrot Gold, Day 3. Kicking off with the first semi-final, Lucky Kid taking on Ilya Dragunov. Uh, the story of this tournament really has been Lucky Kid, uh, one of the rank outsiders, and he is taking on Ilya Dragunov, uh, who won 16 carat not that long ago. And uh, the streak carries on. Lucky Kid pulling off another shock victory to progress to the final, uh, where he would take on the winner of the second semi final. It was a big lads affair as Walter took on the mountain of a man, Avalanche. Uh, for those of you that don't know Avalanche, he's kind of like a muscular version of Earthquake. Really big, strong, girthy guy. Uh, he's strong, but he was no match for Walter. He managed to see him off. With, to be honest, uh, not much of a fight. Walter looking very dominant in this match. So... The uh, winners of both semi-finals got a little bit of a rest. We had some matches between there. A uh, six-man tag match between Daisuke uh, Sakamoto, Shigeru Iria, and Yuki Ikashawa of Battle Arts, taking on Veit Muller, Timothy Thatcher, and Alexander Wolf. A uh, really fun match in which uh, the finish saw... Yuka Ishikawa uh, submitting Timothy Thatcher. Uh, for those of you that don't know uh, Ishikawa, he was the uh, original founder of Battle Arts in Japan. Uh, he was a mentor of Tim Thatcher. Um, There's a bit of a cool moment at the end of this match where you had uh, past and present members of Ringkampf uh, give a Ringkampf shirt to Vite Muller, who is now considered a member so you had Veit Muller in the ring with Axel Dieter Jr Timothy Thatcher Alexandra Wolf, uh, and Big Walter so that was a pretty cool moment uh, the next match you had JFK uh, an open tag team challenge JFK are a uh, very arrogant cocky brash annoying uh, tag team uh, they put out an open challenge after losing their tag team titles yesterday. And it was answered by Hot and Spicy, the tag team of Axel Dieter Jr. and Damak. You might remember Damak from the Cruiserweight Classic. Uh, I think he got beat in the first round. Um, yeah, Axel Dieter Jr. in a non-ring camp role is very much fun. Uh, he came out rapping, if you'd believe it or not. Uh, very different from his uh, stoic performances in uh, Ringkampf and the European Union on NXT. Uh, hot and spicy going over. The crowd ate this stuff up. And uh, Axel Dieter Jr. getting a standing ovation at the end as he returns to the WWE. Uh, next match, another six-man tag, which pitted Schadenfreude, the team of Chris Brooks and Aussie Open, against Pentagon Jr., Ray Horace and Phoenix. 
For me, this was the match of the whole entire weekend. It was absolutely mind-blowing stuff. Uh, you had the three Lucha guys doing absolutely crazy flips. Um, Aussie Open, they're a great tag team. Current WXW tag team champions. They were doing their usual tandem offence. Um, the match ended with a uh, traditional roll-up from Chris Brooks. Uh, giving the big win to Schadenfreude. It'd be interesting to see what they do carrying on in WXW. But that all led up to the main event of the whole weekend, the WXW 16-carat gold 2019 final between Lucky Kid and the ring general, Walter. Um, this match was pretty brutal uh, for the majority of it. Walter, uh, you would call him the final boss. Lucky kid seeing off guys such as Timothy Thatcher, Axel Dieter Jr., two former members of Ringkampf, against the boss, the big boss, Walter. Um, I'm going to be honest, Walter kind of chopped the shit out of Lucky, but Lucky wouldn't stay down. Um, it was one of their matches which showed a lot of heart from the guy working underneath. And he did it. He, he pulled off a shock. He managed to get Walter in the cross face. He made the big guy tap. The roof was lifted off the turban holler. And Lucky Kid was your winner of the WXW 2019 16-carat gold tournament. One of the absolute rank outsiders. It was a fairy tale stuff. It was great. Uh, I loved it. There was a few fans that I was sat around that didn't find it believable that Walter could lose to somebody the stature of Lucky Kid. He's kind of like a, a cruiserweight build, round about the 205-210 build. But at the end of the day, if you get put in a submission and it hurts, why isn't it believable that you're going to tap? I bought into it. It was a great story told throughout the three days. And Lucky Kid coming out on top. Um, if you fancy watching this... Extremely good tournament, WXW 16 karat gold. Be sure to check it out on their on demand. Uh, it is already up in German, but fear not, they do have English commentators, and I believe that the English uh, versions of the show will be up in the next few days. Um, I had a fantastic time in Oberhausen. Uh, the atmosphere at the Turban Hollow was electric. Uh, the German fans were absolutely great hosts. Um, lots of chanting, lots of singing, as it tends to be at European wrestling. Um, outside of the wrestling, the McDonald's over there is absolutely lit. Uh, they do really weird stuff, like chicken wings. Uh, the, there's something called a pizza mac, which is basically a Big Mac, but instead of a bun, you've got like this pizza dough-type gimmick, which was weird. Um, and you can build your own McFlurry, uh, McFlurry ice cream. You've got a choice of 12 toppings. Uh, I thought that was awesome. I went for the Cocoa Pops one. Uh, Cocoa Pops and ice cream, it's a strange combination, but it works. Um, the only downside of the trip was actually coming back to England. Uh, back at Customs in Dusseldorf Airport, uh, my electric wheelchair failed an explosives test. Um, 
I got informed that I had to wait to be questioned by the police, uh, which isn't really what you want to hear when you're at an airport. Um, I had to wait 20 minutes for them. Uh, I cleared up, you know, any misgivings they had. I explained to them that my batteries were not, in fact, bombs. I did not have any intention of blowing the plane up. And uh, they let me on my way. Although, uh, I am a nervous flyer, and the last thing you want to hear from the uh, captain of the plane over the intercom is to expect heavy turbulence. And, uh, yeah, yeah, he wasn't lying. Well, we'll leave it at that. He, he really wasn't lying. So that's about it for this week. Uh, be sure to check out all the other shows on the Hitting the Mark podcast network. The PW Hustle with your boys, The Mass Man, Professor Cruz and 8-Trap Brown. A uh, colourful cast of characters. They are as funny as they are foul mouth. And uh, when it comes to pro wrestling, these guys really know their stuff. Turnbuckle Talk with Big Joe and Carl. A couple of fine Canadian lads who uh, really know their onions when it comes to pro wrestling. They're slightly more laid back than the uh, PW Hustle guys but they are as equally entertaining. The Wrestling Popcast with Robin Nelson, bringing you the biggest interviews and goings-on on the indie scene today. And how can I forget? The Boss Man, HTM Pro Wrestling and HTM Sports Podcast with Jargo and RBV. All these shows can be found at hittingthemarks.podbeam.com. Thank you very much for listening. I'll be back again next week, bringing you more European wrestling action. Take care, guys, and I'll see you real soon.
training.